Hello everyone, we would like to welcome you to our first edition of the Ranka Pro Europe podcast, the world of fan selection. Is ESG a trend sometimes? How is ESG transforming portfolio management? I think it's both. I mean, it's a trend and it's also transforming uh, portfolio management. My name is Carla Solera and I am the Investor Relations Specialist here at Ranka Pro Europe. This will be podcast number five of, of a long series. And today we're going to talk about greenwashing with Pierre Vermont. Hello, Pierre. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Very well. Thank you. Um, first of all, Pierre, uh, thank you for agreeing to participate with me in this podcast, as I am sure that we are going to, to address an interesting topic today. So, dear listeners, pay attention and, and stay in the loop. Um, for those uh, who don't know Pierre that much, uh, he's an asset allocation and fund selection specialist at EOS Allocations. Um, would you like to, to tell the listeners more about your background, Pierre? Um, sure. Um, so regarding my academic background, I studied uh, in a French business school um, mm -hmm. and I finished my studies in the United States doing an MBA. I majored in uh, investment banking and security analysis. So it mm -hmm. was like 20 years ago. Um, but five or six years ago, I've done a, a master degree uh, in geopolitics and in finance. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting one. And um, <laughs> then, um, so I started to work for uh, several investment banks. I was uh, working uh, in for Credit Lyonnais uh, in a foreign, uh, Forex, uh, for, so foreign exchange and, mm -hmm. um, um, and rates. Uh, and then I moved to uh, Société Générale uh, doing uh, equity derivatives and uh, structured products uh, as a financial engineer. Um, then uh, I worked um, as a portfolio manager uh, for fixed income and uh, asset allocation in a, in a small uh, asset management company. And then I set up my own company, EOS Allocation. So mm -hmm. EOS Allocation um, is... Uh, Um, an asset allocator and fund selector for uh, mainly uh, French IFAs and French institutions. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you have an amazing background and apologies because I haven't pronounced very well uh, your company. <laughs> I don't know how to, to pronounce it. No, 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 no but I, I pronounce it with a very uh, French accent. So yeah, that's right. Because I'm not used to uh, um, pronounce it in an English way anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, um, I get it. So yeah, sorry for the listeners that are French. So yeah, let's start this discussion by um, answering the question, uh, what is greenwashing? Uh, what does it mean? So Obviously, greenwashing is a communication and a marketing strategy adopted by companies and, and basically it consists in putting forward um, ecological arguments in order to forge an, an ecologically responsible image among the public. So, for example, a few weeks ago, um, I have discussed uh, with Gimantaletiano uh, from OFI Asset Management the concept of ESG and, and why it's so important nowadays. Um, so, however, I asked her... Uh, about the idea of is ESG a trend or, or it will remain? So obviously for the listeners, if you want to know what she said, don't miss out uh, on that podcast with, with her a few weeks ago. But Pierre, what do you think about this? So do you think that is ESG a trend sometimes? How is ESG transforming portfolio management? I think it's both. I mean, it's a trend and it's also transforming uh, portfolio management. 
Um, for the last two or three years, we have seen, uh, I mean, to my mind, two huge trends. It's thematic investing and ESG. Mm -hmm. um, so I do not think that thematic investing will transform the asset management industry, but I think ESG will, and ESG mm -hmm. is transforming the, the asset management. I mean, right now, uh, every asset manager has a, Every asset management company is, uh, I mean, has uh, uh, an ESG um, strategy. So mm -hmm. yes, it is transforming the industry. Yeah, definitely. But coming back uh, to to greenwashing, for example, my my concern about the the um, the concept of greenwashing is that, uh, for example, earlier this year, an an international study reported that 40% percent of uh, green claims made online could be misleading consumers um, because greenwashing harms the environment because it can divert people from switching to a genuinely more sustainable product. And also it can be harmful to your bank balance uh, as you may pay more money for what you believe to be an eco-friendly product, even though it's not. Um, I mean, you, you might see the words and phrases like eco-friendly, green, uh, natural, used to project a sustainable image but uh, they tell you nothing about a product's true environmental impact. So that's why um, I don't know if sometimes uh, is, is ESG a trend or, but for example, for in the case of portfolio management, I'm sure that as you said, it's, it's basically transforming the whole um, industry. But Pierre, what do you think about this? Do you think it is easy to see or identify the signs of greenwashing? I would say yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, sometimes, I mean, when the ESG head was formerly the communication head, that might be a hint. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're from communication and you're now you're in ESG, I mean, it means it's just marketing. Um, but of course, sometimes it's less easy because asset management, I mean, asset management companies are sending you like the big package. When I say mm -hmm. the big package, it's what? It's, let's say, 100 pages of their uh, ESG policy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just words. I mean, is it true? Is it right? Um, so you need, I mean, to my mind, you need to sit down close to the portfolio manager. You need to ask him some questions to, um, it has to show you how he will analyze the company. Okay, because and when I say ESG package, it's it's just like it's so. I mean, it's so big. It's like you have like yep. hundreds of pages, and and it's just you know, it's. I said it before, but it's just words for me. So mm -hmm. you have to dig into the analysis. You have to understand what the portfolio manager is doing, and you have to understand the intentionality of the asset management company. Mm -hmm. Is it just marketing or do they really want to do things better? Yeah, like that's my question. Like we don't really know uh, if it's a marketing strategy or or if they believe in the fact of uh, maybe uh, have a, a greener planet. <laughs> if you have like like five to ten ESG analysts, mm -hmm. I mean, that's okay. It's because, I mean, the asset management company has invested on ESG. If you just have like one ESG analyst and he was mm -hmm. like the, the former trainee or he was like a, a classic financial analyst uh, that turned to be now an ESG analyst, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. maybe it's greenwashing. So yeah. you have to look at what does the asset management company put on the table? Did they invest on ESG? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's that's true. And and now that we are also covering uh, ESG, because obviously it's related to, to greenwashing, um, because there is just a small gap between, okay, this is greenwashing or this is um, ESG. Um, as a fan selector, uh, working for both institutions uh, and, and AFA, um, are you experiencing a rush into this universe, uh, talking about the demand side of it? On the demand side, I would say no, really. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, when I work with uh, independent financial advisors, um, they are asking my company to have uh, ESG portfolios. I mean, ESG fund selections, but it's more to have like a, a new product on the shelf and mm-hmm. that's it. But it's not like, like, let's say 10, 20, 30% of their clients are asking for ESG. There, some of the clients are asking questions. What is ESG? But they mm-hmm. do not say, I want to um, invest on ESG. I mean, some of them, but let's say, I, I cannot size it, but maybe one to 5%. Mm-hmm. But it's more on the supply side. On the supply side, yet there is a big rush. Like in France, You know that in France, insurance companies are like a, a big uh, a big actor of the uh, asset management uh, industry. I mean, you have to go through. I mean, I would say like 80% of the of the financial assets of French people are through investment uh, or are through uh, insurance companies. So mm-hmm. they are like a, a big um, a big actor of the of the industry. And yeah. so yes, they the uh, insurance companies have a strong regulator, regulatory incentive to have more um, ESG funds mm-hmm. and asset management companies on the other side are resetting most of their funds on SFDR 8 or 9 basis. Um, so yeah, there is a big rush, but for me on the supply side, but mm-hmm. not yet on the demand, demand. side. Okay. But how do you think uh, the asset management industry could benefit from ESG? Um, could you please give me one example, one reason? Um, uh, maybe I'm not very optimistic about that. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, the asset management uh, industry has a poor reputation for the man in the street. I mean, high bonuses, scandals, and so on. So if the industry succeeds in achieving its ESG revolution, it could improve its image. And that's for me the, the biggest benefit. But to be crystal clear, I do I doubt it will succeed without any scandal. When I, my company is analyzing the ESG models, the ESG um, strategies, and sometimes, I mean, forgive me, but it's, it's just bullshit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are doing the job. Some yeah. of them are doing a very good job and yeah. they have once again the inten- intentionality to do things right. But yeah. some of them, I mean, they didn't change a thing. It's just the same fund with the same portfolio manager doing yeah. the same job. 
but they just said, okay, let's say 20% of our uh, investment universe is no longer investable. And that's it. That's mm. what, I've, what they've done. But it's just a normal fund. Mm -hmm. um, so, and once again, ESG norms are a clear mess. It's like, like accountancy like 100 years ago. You could do whatever you want. And so some companies are trying to reap full benefits of that. So mm -hmm. I think that we need more regulation about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so since you said the thing about um, improving their their image uh, to the public, so you agree obviously with the idea that I said before, the, the fact that obviously some companies could do it because it is a trend or, or even worse, uh, because uh, they want to say green lies just to to improve their their image to the public and and that's all so maybe do you think that that's why you created uh ethica score uh could you please explain to the listeners why why did you create um this yeah sure so i wouldn't say green lies because i, mm -hmm. I don't think asset management companies are lying mm -hmm. they I mean, all that glitter is not gold and they are mm -hmm. trying to <laughs> say everything is gold. So it's just that they they know that there is a trend and they are trying to say we are ESG, but we were ESG before. That's like, maybe that's the biggest lie. Like some are saying, okay, you know, we have done ESG since the 80s. And that's, I mean, that's not possible. It's not because, so ESG, you have governance. So of course, every uh, classic asset manager is looking into governance. But it's not because you're digging into the analysis of the governments of one company that yeah. you are ESG. Yeah. So, but it's not a lie. I mean, it's just, it's something different. Um, so for me, the, 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 the biggest drawback is just what, what I said, I mean, a fund that was a normal fund and mm -hmm. you are revamping it to be an ESG one, but nothing has changed. So for me, it's you're fooling the, the investor, yeah. um, but it's not a lie. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. they're lying. Um, so, and, and once again, uh, a, a lot of them are doing the right job. So we are, we created the ethics score because we wanted to score the intentionality and how asset management companies were doing the right thing. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of um, scoring are quantitative and mm -hmm. a lot of them, a lot of ESG scoring are just are just analyzing the underlying portfolio. That is mm -hmm. to say, you are an investment, um, you are a portfolio manager, you are, or you are investing on a specific portfolio and you yeah. can score uh, your portfolio regarding ESG. We don't want to do that. I mean, MSCI ESG is doing a great job. Sustainable Analytics is doing a great job also. But we want to score, we want to analyze what the asset management company is doing. Uh, so is there, um, as an example, do the asset management companies um, do for itself mm -hmm. what it asks companies to do? As an example, uh, um, 
I don't know, um, male-female inequality, uh, inequalities, uh, uh, environment uh, strategy within the company and so on and yeah. so on. So um, uh, that's what we are scoring. So we are scoring both the fund mm -hmm. and the asset management, the asset management. Uh, company. Yep. No, yeah, um, coming back to, to the beginning a little bit of, of this question, obviously, um, when I was saying like green lies, of course, I was uh, talking in general for, for every industry because it's a concept that um, it's very common inside greenwashing. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally agree uh, with what you just said. And, and obviously, I think it's a really good project, uh, the thing of ethic score. I think it's really good to, to know how they proceed and to score it because I think it's also good for, for them. Um, so since you have been uh, rating these uh, asset management companies and, and everything, could you please tell me what are the worst practices you discovered while, while analyzing the asset managers' methodologies? Sure. Um, so, yeah, a company that is doing that just for communication so just like i said the uh, the the former communication head is now the esg head um or a portfolio manager taking into account only the positive score of the un global goals for a specific company and mm -hmm. when the score is negative or was negative it wasn't yeah. taken into account so okay. just it's it was just bonus So, I mean, it's just one side of the picture. I mean, you cannot do that. Or I've seen an ESG uh, structured product mm -hmm. and, and uh, the uh, underlying asset wasn't even an ESG index. It's just like, okay, it's an ESG structured product. So it means nothing for me. Um, also, proprietary scoring that is just an MSCI ESG scoring revent. So it's not a proprietary. And they say, okay, it's our job. That's what we have done. Mm -hmm. And you say it's just like copy paste of a system analytics or MSCI ESG. Uh, yeah. And I do think that uh, proprietary scoring is very important um, to show, uh, I mean, the... Um, to have a really good job doing ESG. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, yeah, uh, a classic portfolio manager just investing in a universe uh, filtered to uh, uh, what I just said before, like, like you have a, a universe and you are um, saying that 20% of that universe is not investable because yeah. uh, you, you've done a filter and then mm -hmm. The, the portfolio manager is doing like a normal job with uh, a normal uh, financial analysis and so on. So that's not ESG. Yeah, no, yeah, true. And, and on the opposite, uh, let's talk about good things. Um, what are the best practices? Um, asset management companies with an uh, endowment fund. I mm -hmm. mean, giving money from the... Um, Um, the fees they have so to their endowment fund to uh, uh, associations I mean uh, they are trying to have an impact with the management fees they get from the investors and they are giving away a part of that money uh, also a portfolio manager 
there are both both extra financial analysts and financial analysts. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot you cannot have I mean you can but we think it's better to have a, the same team. The mm -hmm. team is both extra financial is doing I mean the, the team is uh, doing uh, extra financial analysis and financial analysis. When you have two separate separate teams, it cannot work. Um, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's that's good to hear that there are still best practices and that we are covering them uh, in this podcast. No, but because... uh, I mean, once again, I mean, a lot of them are doing a, a great no, job. No. Yeah, because at, but at the end of the day, we are we are covering greenwashing, and obviously, it's not. Um, a super nice topic because it means that they are doing something wrong um so yeah i'm happy and and obviously I, i know that most of them they do they do the right job of course um but obviously um in terms of greenwashing i think that apart from covering the the industry that we are working um on obviously we are also covering greenwashing in general i mean uh i can i'm talking also about i don't know probably brands that they do t-shirts so it's they can also uh, do greenwashing so yeah but once again i mean regulation i'm i'm mm. a financial guy i mean it's weird to to hear a financial guy saying okay i want regulation yeah but i mean that's true because it's i mean no we need regulations we yeah. need we need them um So, yeah, but in terms of adapting ESG into our lives, uh, and you can refer to portfolio management uh, specifically or in general, but do you think that everyone will adopt it into their daily work? Do you think uh, is the future or that it has to be the future because it's something needed? Um, and sorry, because this is a bit philosophical, but yeah. No, I think we have no choice. I mean, it is happening. And finance mm -hmm. can play a big role in such a transition or is yeah. in such a revolution. So we have no choice. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and finance can be a pioneer of, of such a, tr a transition. So, yeah. Yeah. So I would say, yes, it is the future. And mm -hmm. on top of that, we have no choice. Yeah. Yeah, no, because uh, it's something that we have to, to do for me. My and money, money is the big topic. So mm -hmm. you have to, I mean, you have to to have a, a, an effect on mm -hmm. the on the on the money. So yes, asset management has a key role in such a transition. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and as you said, we have no choice because at the end of the day, we must we must not forget that um, ESG is something very positive uh, for us. Um, I mean, I prefer a, a greener planet, that's for sure. And uh, Pierre, um, which are the countries uh, that do you think that are ahead in this process in terms of adapting ESG into their daily work? So it's hard for me to, to say because mm. uh, so I'm French and I, I can say that the, the French market yep. um, is adapting fast. I mean, the, 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 transi the transition is, is going uh, really fast. Uh, but I don't know how it is in, in Germany, in Spain, in Italy. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I, I just can stress that in France, yes, mm -hmm. it's huge. No, but it's it's good to know that at the end of the day in France, uh, they but, are... Uh, they but are I think that yep. Europe is ahead of that transition. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. compared to the to the U.S. or uh, oh, really? compared to Asia. Compared oh, yeah. to the U.S. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure, oh, sure, sure. That's that's good. Um. Uh. So coming back to the thing that you just said, because I'm 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 just trying to remember the 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 sentence that you said that obviously I'm a financial guy, but I'm asking for more regulations. So. Do you think that we don't have enough uh, rules or regulations to avoid greenwashing, right? Sure, sure. Because mm-hmm. right now, uh, even companies, they are uh, they can uh, disclose. I won't say that they can disclose whatever they want, mm-hmm. but you don't have like norms. You don't have rules. It's like far west. So yeah. we need more regulation or, or more, uh, yeah, norms. Yeah. Well, um, now that we are coming to an end, um, I think that it would be great if you could summarize your opinion and perspective um, towards greenwashing so that our listeners here with us can draw a conclusion of your point of view and, and of sure. this podcast, of course. Sure. Um, so first of all, I think it is, it is a, a good thing. I mean, it is. Uh, we are moving to, toward... Uh, a transition from um, finance being like the the bad guy in the in the room mm-hmm. uh, to being more ethical. Yeah, I hope so. No, so no, yes. I would say that it's it's a good point, but I'm afraid with all the quantitative scoring that it it can be a lot of of yeah greenwashing. So mm-hmm. I think the investors need to have a qualitative point of view. That is to say, you have to sit down close to the asset manager and to see what he is doing. Because for the for the classic financial analysis, I mean, you don't care. You can see the performances of the fund and that's mm. it. Yep. But to see the extra financial performances, it's quite hard. So it's more on the impact side, on the mm. on the impact funds. But even for impact funds, I mean, you have to trust what they are saying. So we save like uh, 80 tons of uh, carbon and so on. I mean, I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. For uh, a financial performance, it's quite easy. I mean, you can yeah. see it. So, so yeah, um, I would say we need to to dig more into the analysis. Mm-hmm. And also more regulations. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, well, thank you very much, Pierre. Um, now our listeners uh, have a better picture of what a fund selector uh, thinks about greenwashing and ESG. Uh, now I'm going to squeeze in one or two more questions about your role. Um, what is your biggest challenge? Uh, at your company at EOS Allocations? Um, my biggest challenge? Mm. I would say have fun. I mean, I'm passionate about uh, selecting uh, mm-hmm. funds, discussing with uh, asset managers, discussing um, with uh, financial analysts. So, yeah, I mean, trying to make fund selection fun. I'm As I said, I'm passionate about it, so I, I wanted to keep it that way. Not and, bad. And, and also to keep my my team that way. Mm-hmm. 
No, but that's a really good answer because I think that you are the first person that says that one to, to make the fun selection fun. <laughs> so, no, it's it's nice to hear that. Um, so, yeah, final question. And, and this question is something that I always ask to, to my guests here in this podcast. Um, which key industry trends uh, do you think will perform better next year in 2022? Shorting bonds. So it's it's a risky one because for the last five years, everybody uh, was saying, okay, rates are going to move uh, up and they mm -hmm. didn't. But okay, my bet for 2022, maybe it will be the first year with a big um, uh, move up in a, an upward move in bonds. No, that's that's interesting. Maybe maybe you are right. <laughs> so yeah, very good. I mean, uh, one day, yeah. one day, someone will mm -hmm. be right about rates. I mean, they no, cannot yeah, stay as low yeah. as zero. But yeah, when it's hard to say. No, yeah, of course. No, when when I say that maybe you are right is because maybe it's too soon next year. But well, let's see, let's see. Let's um, see. Well, uh, dear listeners, uh, we could be here for much longer, but unfortunately, um, this podcast is coming to an end. So, Pierre, uh, really, thank you very much for agreeing to, to participate um, in this podcast with me. It has been a, a yeah, it has been a, a real pleasure collaborating with you. I'm very fun. Um, I hope that these really interesting discussions get growing and we look forward to the upcoming talks with more fun selectors. And also, before I forget, um, this message is to the listeners. If you want to be up to date with the latest news uh, within the asset management industry, subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Pierre. And obviously, see you all in our last Rankia Pro Europe podcast of the year soon. So, yeah, Pierre, thank you very much. Thank you, Carla. Thank you.